Because you are our shepherd, you are our savior, you are our Lord. This month for us is a month of fulfillment. Father, help us to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the power of your word. And as we pray tonight, you answer prayers in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Okay, please shake hands with five people very well. Very, very well. Let's come to the blue chair. All of you that are sitting on the plastic chair, come to the blue chair. Grandma, we thank God for your life. You are welcome again. We celebrate in Jesus' name. You are welcome. You are welcome. Welcome all of you. And we say the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for giving your time to the Lord tonight and to be here. We are going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. That's what we are going to be praying about concerning fulfillment. Anytime the Lord give me a word concerning anything, it will turn the entire Bible to be like that word. Anytime the Lord give me a word, you can find answers to all your problems in that particular word. That's why I'm trusting God this month that you enjoy divine fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus. What does it mean to be fulfilled? It means to be happy. It means to be satisfied. 
That's why I talk about satisfy with favor. O Naphtali, possess the west and the south. What does it mean to be fulfilled? It means that you are happy with whatever you are doing. That's what it means to be fulfilled. And we are talking about fulfillment, praying about fulfillment this month from the book of Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Are you here tonight? At times it's difficult to get even adults to concentrate. You think it's only children that are distracted. Even some people that are adults, they might be in church and they will not gain anything. So please tonight, let's concentrate and make sure that we gain a lot tonight from the book of Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Verse 2, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. It was a terrible persecution. He decided to focus the church and to be picking them one by one. And because he saw that it pleased the Jew, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. Verse 4. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squared of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. That is 16 soldiers to watch over him. So you know, Herod was actually intentional. He knew what he wanted to do and he's going after it. He wanted the church to be sorrowful. He killed James. He said there's no problem. He picked Peter and he delivered him to 16 soldiers to keep him because he intended to kill him. That was his purpose. I want to kill this one too. He wanted to be killing people in the church one after the other. Look at what happened. Peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer was over to God for him by the church. That means there was a kind of persistency that no no, enough is enough. No way. We don't like this thing. This is not what God has promised us. What God has promised us must come to pass. No, the church was contending. They were praying. They were seriously against Peter's arrest. The church, they were not satisfied. They were not fulfilled. They don't say, no, no, we, we are not going to take this. This thing cannot continue. If we keep quiet, they are going to kill Peter also. They have killed James. No. So they started praying. Constant prayer was made. And when Herod was about to bring him out, a night before, that night before, Herod should kill him. The Bible says that Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between the two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7, you know we are going to 11. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shined on the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hand. Verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Guard yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. Verse 9. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real but he thought he was seeing a vision even when god is performing some miracle in your life it's like that you don't know what god is doing whether it was real or it was a strange things at times it's like a dream you know we read it last night when they were past the first and the second post 
they came to the iron gate that lead to the city, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. There was a time that the angel left him, verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of the Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. May the Lord bless his word in your heart. Fulfillment means when your enemies are helpless concerning you. Your enemy wished things. You had bad dream. They spoke against you, but it did not come to pass. At the end of this year, all the expectation of your enemy will be cancelled. You end this year with joy. You end this year in celebration. You end the year with good acts. You get, end this year in prosperity. You end this year with your full family. Nothing missing, nothing broken in the name of Jesus. Some people said they are going to become poor. You will not become poor. Rather, you become more prosperous in the name of Jesus. The Lord will take you from one ladder of greatness to another ladder of greatness. In the name of Jesus. Third John chapter 1. Is verse 2, he say, I wish above all things that you prosper and be it even as your soul prospereth. That is fulfillment. Say, I don't have any other desire that my children walk in this truth. Truth of prosperity, truth of good earth. That's what we call fulfillment. Are you hearing me today? And if this fulfillment will take place, there are three things we can see here in the life of Peter. Number one, you have to stay on your assignment. There's a purpose for your life. Everything that is created is created for a purpose. This fan is created to blow. The light is created to shine. The mic I'm using is created to amplify my voice. My wristwatch is created to tell me the time. My clothes was created to cover my nakedness. Everything that you see around is solving a problem once that thing is occupying in his assignment. There's an assignment from God for you. That is where you get provision. That's where you get protection. That's where you get your insurance. That's where you get fulfilled. Now, I'm saying this thing so that you not get confused with prosperity. Because you might think somebody is richer than you, but you are happier than that person that is richer than you. I went to Ibadan some years back and I went with my wife. My wife was going for SCM conference. So, and I said, I have this friend in Ibadan that I've not seen for a long time. He's a missionary. In fact, he was the one you pray for on Sunday. And I said, let me look for a way of seeing him. I told him, I said, I'm in UI. I came to Ibadan to visit my, uh, to accompany my wife to a conference. Are you following the story? So I said, come and meet me. And you know, Maybe because of the stress of the journey, we are driver. We have driver, you know. I have easy people that drive me easily. So, somebody was driving me. I was at the back as a big man. In mommy's jeep. And we were looking for him. And when I saw him, I was very happy and I was excited to see him. And I could see the cold reaction in his face. And I asked him, why are you looking cold? And he said, 
It's not me that asks myself that I want to be a missionary. It's God that puts me here. I know what I've suffered. I say, hey, relax, my friend. If you have done other things, you will not be happy. We are all created for a purpose. Don't think because you are seeing me this way, I'm better than you. There's something that is more important than the car I'm driving. The joy of the Lord in my heart. If you put yourself by force where God does not want to put you, you may have money and still be empty. There's an assignment for you. There's a place that is meant for you. There's something that God wants you to do part-time that you will enjoy. So enjoy the process of the journey. So that at the end, you will not kill what God is doing in your life. I say, no, 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 no. Forget about what you are doing. That is the purpose for which God has made you. Other people will look at you and pity you, but you know you are in the center of God's will for your life. You know for now, this is what God wants me to do. And I'm doing it. In fact, some people may pity you. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you are in the center of what God wants to do. I say, no, no, my friend, come on. Don't get offended with yourself and get offended with people. And people that love him, that have helped him, he started castigating them. I said, no, 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 no. Oh, no, my friend, don't do this. Just know that you are doing things that make you happy. I may not be there when God instructed you that this is what I want you to do. But be happy with the assignment that God has given you. When you do it without comparing yourself with any other button, you are happy. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I've ordained you to be a prophet. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. There's something that God has ordained for you to be. You see, as we can all come to church on a Sunday morning, we're excited because we're in the center of what God has ordained for all of us. Because there's something that is bigger than our recover. There's something that is bigger than food. Man shall not live by bread alone. They shall live by the will of God for their lives. I say to somebody, if I'm in Lagos, what I'm doing is what I'll still be doing. If I'm in Canada, what I'm doing is what I'll be doing. If I'm in America, this is the center of God's will for my life. For my life. And don't get, don't misinterpret me. God may actually want you to be doing what you are doing right now that will lead to something bigger. You might ask, when I finish service, a man appeared to me in a trance in the morning and said, it is the will of God for him to work for government now and I will bless him. That's what he said. And I said, oh, I know the will of God for me. I'm going to apply. And I apply and I got a job and I have that mentality. Working in that office was God's will for me. At that time. And at a particular place, I had another trance. It appeared to me. Why did you lock up my church? I, in I didn't know. I didn't lock up the church. The church is at Nisayo. I am at Nisayo. She said, no, you lock up the place. I want to open the place up and be there. And I knew that the will of God for me then was to leave the place and be here. And I did it. And I fulfilled. You can say, oh, if you have been this, you will have been riding a better car. 
You have been having a better money. But I know I am happy, fulfilled, doing what I'm doing. And ever since I obeyed that instruction, I've seen a lot of blessing that have come into my life, come into the church, because I simply obey what I have to do. He didn't tell me I'm going to have NC, I'm going to have College of Age, I'm going to have this when I leave. He did not tell me that. He just told me, I want to be there. And he kept leading people to me that would tell me, you can do this. And life has been faithful and exciting ever since I obey him. Was I happy when I was a staff? I was very, very happy. Very excited. Because I knew that time, that was the will of God for me. And when he asked me to leave, I knew that was the will of God for me. In fact, Brahmakide came to me and said, in the office, they were laughing at me that, that your pastor must be mad. How can somebody be collecting this social amount of salary? And he said, God is calling him to leave. I said, I'm not the first person. Go and read the story of people that left their job. We said, and I said, Allah left his job. About the way he left his job. People told them then they were mad. Somebody said, what exactly do you have that's giving you that confidence? No. The will of God. Being at the center of God's will for your life. That's what will make you happy. That's what will give you fulfillment. What is it that God wants me to do part time? You pray about it. You sense it. You seek Godly counsel. Maybe this is the will of God for me. The Bible says, do not lay on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him as the center of your fulfillment. And he will bring your desire to pass. To be fulfilled is to be in an assignment that God has given you. And when you do it well, it will not only reward you now, it will pay you heavily later. Every step of the way, I've enjoyed divine leading. Telling me this is what I want you to do. Telling me this is what I want you to do. I told you years back, I had a trance. And God said to me in that trance, look at the picture of this man. I want to go and meet him because I'm giving you a new assignment in the ministry. And I saw the picture of Reverend Sam. And I went and I met him. And he told me, God has a new assignment for you. Now, stay and pray. Pray, pray, pray. And let him give you specific instruction. He said, but I can tell you the assignment is unique. I said, okay, there is no problem. So I said, what should I do? He said, just pray and wait on God. He will talk to you. But if you are confused, this is my phone number. You can call him. And three days later, I call him. I said, I don't know what to do. He said, congratulations. That is the best place to be. When you don't know what to do, you can trust him. He said, just wait. God show my picture to you. I said, yes. I said you should go and wait without doing anything. I said, yes. He said, but God has not talked. He said, God will not talk. God will see trust. And I waited for almost five months without any instruction from God. I was just praying, doing quiet time. Nothing was happening. Until somebody in the point called me and said, God told them that you invite me for a special program. I said, no, you can't invite me because God asked me to wait and I'm not pastor under redeem right now. He said, we have called the regional pastors. We have called those who they say, you should come, we should invite you. I said, okay, I will go. And I went. And as I was landing about this uh, seminary to stay, Pastor Guiru now came to me and said, God asked him to attend to me. He'll be washing my car and be following me wherever I go. He was doing that on me for three days. I didn't even know he was coming. And the third day I said, Lord, I've finished the assignment. And he said, I want to have an house fellowship in your house. 
when you get home. And I called my wife. God said, I should have house fellowship. He said, if that's what God wants, we are going to do it. And a week after, somebody called me from Lagos. God told me, he gave you a new assignment. I'm sending this money. Another week, somebody said, God told me, he has given you an assignment. I'm sending this money. I say, this one is better now. Ever since I've been doing the other one, nobody ever sent me money like this. They keep sending me money. Somebody, a junior to my wife in the university, came to town under World Bank something. He said, you're having house fellowship. I'm coming. She came with official Feku. People were coming to my house. I said, I'm happy. My, they can't see that I'm happy. It's not the crowd that made people happy. It's about being fulfilled in worldly about what God wants to do. And I was thinking that I'm satisfied. Then Pian, God told me, my assignment is this. Go to the first available space. When you get to okay, Kefia by your right, that is this, this place I want for you. And I'll be waiting for you. I'll be for you whatever you want me to, to be. I'll be for signs and wonders. And I went, he gave me the place. No regrets. Pass step by step. Even when I got to the building, one of my friends, Professor Bello, came and said, Ah! You are in serious trouble now. He said, because this house is too expensive. And two, you will not be able to do anything. Even, even build your own house or sponsor your children. I said, well, that's what God asked me to do. But today, God, being at the center of God's assignment is what makes you happy. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. If God is saying, I want you to do this thing, do it with joy. Because while you are doing what he asks you to do, that's where you get fulfillment and blessing. Let him lead you. And when he leads you, you become a leader. If God is not leading you, you'll never be a model. It's only those people that are led by the Spirit of God that are sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. These are the mature people in church. I think when I pray, God says to me, I think you don't just think things on your own. You allow God to lead you through to your greatness. Because you don't know the future. And as I told you yesterday, God will never tell you everything you need to know about your future. You can only get fulfillment in the assignments that God has given you part time. And as you are moving to another step, be affording it to you. If by the time you came to this place, God said, you are going to have a school here, we say it's a lie. Yeah, I'll tell you, how are we going to have a school? But look at it. The first three plots we bought. And we bought to the next. And we are still extending. Because we are in the center of where God wants us to be. Even when we wanted to get a land inside the Dyer Estates. And the land was just five million. We could not raise any money. I pray. I, I do anything. Got to the land. No money. God said, can't you see my hand is not there? There is no provision. No way for there for you. So I say, God does not want us to get that land before they brought us here. Be at the center of God's plan for your life and you are going to be fulfilled. Okay? Number two things that guarantee fulfillment is divine intervention. Continuous divine interventions in your life. The fact that you are in the center of God's will does not mean you are not going to meet problems. There will be problems. At times you are going to meet the Red Sea. You are going to meet things that look so difficult. You are going to meet opposition. There will be Sambalat and Tobiah. Goliath will stand against you. There will be things that you don't like. But one thing you are going to see is that if you are going to feel, God himself will intervene. 
Look, imagine if they carry you to a place where somebody has died. Or the doctor said to you, you are carrying something that will kill you. Or they told you that this sickness is incurable. But you know that you are not alone. There is a God that interferes in the affairs of men. This is what happened. As far as Peter was concerned, his death sentence has been pronounced. Everybody knows the purpose for which Herodas apprehended him. They know he was going to kill him. And they killed James by this word. James was also a disciple of Jesus, very faithful. But you know, when Peter got into the prison, he started sleeping. God, I cannot help myself. My hands are tied. My legs are tied. I know you are going to intervene. If you don't intervene, we see each other tomorrow morning in heaven. And he kept sleeping. But the Bible says, in the middle of the night, an angel came into the prison. That's to tell you there is nothing God cannot do to intervene your affair. When God is ready to give divine intervention, nothing is impossible with God. Never you say, ah, even if God will open the windows of heaven. God does not need to open the windows of heaven. He can open the window of the grant. There is nothing God cannot do to intervene. He's called Almighty, the Eshadai. There is no impossibility with him. No matter how big, in fact, the bigger your mountain, the easier it is for God to solve. God solves big problems in a simple way. That's why when I'm facing problems, I don't complain. Because when I look at it, that ah, it's so mighty. God will solve it to me in a very simple way. Whether in money issue or sickness issue, or any wise, no matter how big your problem, God is far, far bigger than that problem. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we think or ask according to the power that works in us. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's a power of divine intervention that is constantly at work in us. You know why? God is interested in you. Can you talk to your neighbor and say, God is interested in me? I can't hear you say, God is interested in me. I will enjoy divine intervention in the mighty name of Jesus. Until you begin to feel special about yourself, you will never expect divine intervention in your life. Until you begin to feel special. If anything happens to you, never you let your experience make you feel inferior in the sight of God. Never you let any... Even if, even if I have disappointed you, somebody you love have disappointed you, don't ever use your past experiences to feel inferior before God. Your past experiences is not we all determine your future. What determines your future is divine intervention. Write it down. What determines your future is divine intervention. God is not sleeping. God is not dead. Your future is determined by God's interventions in your life. Not your past failure or your past weaknesses or your past problem or your past connection. Those are not the things that determine your future. What determines your future is his own intervention. And God... God's hand is not short that he will not be able to deliver. God can do anything you want him to do for you. He will not beg anybody to assist. 
him to help you. God will not. And when God says he can, he can do it. Do you know that even human beings have capacity? Human beings have capacity. Even in my level, I have capacity. I can tell you what I can do. I told you, I said, before my mother's dead, my mother asked me, what is it that I need that you not do for me? My mother asked me, as she was going to die the next day, say, my son, let me ask you this question. Is there anything I will need that you not give me? I said, there is nothing that I will, you will need. My mother, there is nothing you will need now. About two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, that you will need that I cannot give you. I said, and I will not need the assistant of my wife. So it's not that I will beg my wife to assist me to help you. There is nothing you will need that will not do it for you. And my mother said, Lord, I thank you. Now imagine God. Is there anything you will need for God to give you that God will be begging to be able to do it? All you have to do is to trust him. My mother said, Uluwa Mudupe. That is, Lord, I thank you. I have a, a son that can take care of me. And the next day, she called me and said, pray for me. And she died in the afternoon. But what I said, I meant it. What would my mother need that I will not provide? What food will she eat that I can't provide? What food? What clothes will my mother need that I won't provide? There is nothing that you will need that I cannot provide. I said it to her. And I'm a son. I'm a son. What is it that you think that you need that God of heaven cannot provide for you because he loves you? The Bible says, he that gave us his only begotten son, how much more with him also give us all things freely in Christ? That's what God did. God sent down his angel physically to appear before Peter and to lose him and to tell him, Peter, tie your sandals, put on your rope, and follow me. And Peter can never imagine that God will do that thing as big as that. Peter thought he was dreaming. He followed him, followed the angel. And the Bible says the angel did not struggle with the door. The door opened by itself. The door unlocked and opened. And they passed the first, they passed the second, they passed the one that lead to the street. And the angel says, follow me. And took him to the road that he knew and vanished. Ha! And Peter said, I know of a truth that God sent his angel to deliver me from the expectation of Herod and to deliver me from the expectation of the Jewish people. I know by December you are going to say the same thing. God will send his angel to help you. You will enjoy divine interventions. God will help you where you are helpless. And you enjoy supernatural increase. In the mighty name of Jesus. And you know, God stopped there for Peter. And Peter moved to where they were praying for him. Because of our time, that's why I didn't read it. And he told them, I am Peter. God has delivered me. And the word will be shouting. He said, no, don't shout. Don't shout. I need to apply wisdom. And Peter went to a place that nobody knew. And the Bible says there was so much commotion and confusion among the soldiers. You know, for Peter's escape, 17 people died. 17. 
Herod ordered they should kill all the soldiers. He cannot imagine. He said, which God can deliver somebody in my hand? Which God can do it? You know, there are some people like that. They are so pompous. They feel that God is limited. They told him it is God, though. They search and search. They could not find him. He said, all of them should be killed. That is not like God. God said, well, it serves you right for keeping Peter. They kill him. And the next person that died was Herod himself. God is a powerful God. Whatever it is that is destroying your life, God will destroy that thing. Amen. Are you saying him very well? Amen. Okay, particular place where Herod was making a speech because of his greatness and honor. People praise him that his voice is the voice of God. They don't know the voice of God is the only voice that is praising God, not praising self. Your voice can never be the voice of God. Don't you use that voice to praise God. Your voice will always be a voice of man. But I begin to use my voice to praise God because that is the voice of God. But not me, it is the voice that is praising God. And the Bible says, God sent his angel to strike him. An angel knocked him. And what happened? While he was still standing, warm started hitting him. That's never happened before. That I'm telling you what God can do. There is nothing that God cannot. Let it get into your head that the God that we serve is a mighty God. Mighty in battle, mighty in deliverance, mighty in provision. And there's nothing we don't do for his children. And you know, after they kill all those soldiers. And Herod died. Peter came out and started preaching again. That's about your faith. That's about your faith. We are talking about fulfillment, divine fulfillment. Raise your hands to heaven and say, Father, I thank you for your grace on my life. I will occupy in my space. I will be on what you have called me to do. Nothing will distract me, nothing will discourage me. If this is the assignment you have given me for now, I'm going to do it. I'll be happy in the work you have committed into my heart. My assignment, Lord, I will find fulfillment in it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I will do it as unto the Lord. Your assignment in life is what gives you fulfillment. If you are not doing what God wants you to do, you can never be fulfilled. I will occupy my space. I will do my work. I will do my assignment and I will be fulfilled in life in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to occupy my space, to occupy my assignment, and to do the work you have committed into my hand. I'm going to live a life of purpose in the name of Jesus. I will operate in the center of your will in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me. Help me and help me in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Raise your right hand to heaven. Say, Father, I want divine intervention. Let it happen in my life. Where I'm helpless, intervene. Where I'm empty, intervene. Let there be divine interventions in my life. At every junction of confusion, as every junction where I'm broke, as every junction where I'm helpless, as every junction where I'm sick, Lord, intervene with your power and give me mighty deliverance that give me fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Go ahead and pray for divine interventions in your ways in the name of Jesus. 
Father Lord Jesus, help me go ahead and pray for divine interventions in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Open your eyes. The top prayer is very important. All of you are going to pray because this is what will make you a fulfilled person. That is Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Put it there and let's use it to pray. This is very, very important. If we all come to December with this verse, we'll be very happy. Acts 12, 11. Don't forget it. This must be a prayer in your life at all times. Put it there. Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Are you there? Is Brother Joseph there? Okay, he's not there. Somebody should read it for me. Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Of certain, I know. Somebody read. We are going to use it to pray. Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Of a truth, I know that the Lord has delivered me from the expectation of my enemies. Of a truth, I know. That the Lord, look at it. And when Peter had come to himself, to his thought, he said, Now, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Herod, all through the Bible history, is a terrible king. He's an oppressor. The Lord will deliver you from the hand of oppressors. Are you saying amen very well? Amen. The Lord will deliver you from every hand of an oppressor. Amen. Are you saying amen very well? Amen. Are you saying amen very well? Amen. Are you saying amen very well? Amen. The Lord will deliver you from all the expectation, not one, no, all the expectation of your enemies. Amen. <laughs> the Lord will fight your battle for you. Are you saying amen very well? Yeah. Oppression is against your fulfillment. Oppression is against your fulfillment. You are trying to rise. There's a big shoe over your head. There's a big load over your head. You are carrying a weight that is not your own. That is an oppression. Expectation of your enemy is like evil dream. People look at you and say, Emma won't see you. It will soon end with him. Or you have a bad dream. And the devil. When you have a bad dream, it's not God that is showing you bad dream. It's the devil. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. Even the bad dream that you had, it's not from God, it's from the devil. The devil is not wishing you any good thing. That you have enemy is not a big thing. The big thing is, is that the Lord must deliver you from all their expectations. People that want you to die this year, the Lord will deliver you from their expectations. Because by the time we come to December, you will still be alive, you will still be kicking, you will still be prosperous in the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone that thinks that the work of your hand will not grow, will not proceed, the Lord will deliver you from such expectation. Are you saying amen very well? Stand up. Stand up on your feet. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, deliver me from the hand of Herod. Deliver me from the hand of oppressor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever represents oppression in my life, deliver me from it. In the name of... I don't want to be oppressed. 
I don't want to be under any evil body in the mighty name of Jesus. Deliver me from oppression in the name of Jesus. Oppression and depression, they go together. Deliver me, Lord. I want to be fulfilled and happy. Deliver me in the mighty name of Jesus from oppression. I want to live a life of satisfaction, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. We sing this song and we are going to cancel every negative dream around your life. Both the one that you have dreamt against yourself and that people have dreamt against you. So many years ago, I was trying to buy something in town with my tooth at a cell. And I, I had them by in front, but I was still very young, like a baby. And I had an head on collision with a picture of 504 station wagon coming from Kaduna. And it was raining. And nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to Omoba. Nothing happened to the car. We, 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 we. This is one quarter. But we came out. Somebody came to me on Sunday Saturday and said, Yes, Pastor, I have dreamt it that you are going to die in a motor accident. He came to me and he said, But thank God, the Lord has delivered me from your dreams. I'm alive. See, I saw you, they carry your dead body into the church and people are crying. They say, Thank God, your dream did not come to pass. That's not the first time I see somebody dreaming death concerning me. There was a time. I enter UNN and my friend pray and say, the Lord show them that they carry my dead body from school home. And they said, three times they prayed, three times the Lord said, he has made up his mind in heaven. I must die on the road. And they came to the fellowship and testified. And my mother then said, the Lord did not kill all those people that are unbelievable. I have a family. What about your sister that is in Lagos? It's my son that is in this that will be carried dead. And they said, because you argue with us, it's going to come to pass. And all of a sudden, I just came because my money finished. But eh, mother said, "Where are you coming from?" I said, "Sukan." I said, "Ah, I laughed. They say me die. Forget about it. He said, "Ah, forget about it." He said, "No, okay, think serious. When you go and pray, go and tell God you don't want to die." I said, "Okay, don't worry. I will tell God." And I get to him, I say, God, you want to kill me? They say, you want to kill me? God, it's not the devil that is chasing me. It's you that want to kill me again. And God says, I'm not the one. It's the devil that want to kill you. And you are not going to die. It's a lie. Even me, myself, I dreamt that I was in a feku. My feku got involved in an accident. I came out of the feku. I rolled on the ground. Back, 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 back. So I saw that 20 times. And I died. It's my dream. I woke up. I laughed. I said, I won't die. I won't die. If I die 200 times in dream, it must be a dream. If you throw me in a well in my dream, I will wake up and say, Alani, I would not even pray about it. That's to tell you that the expectations of your enemy concerning you this year will not come to pass. They can show you a picture. It's a photo shoot. Not your own. It might look like you, but you are not the person. I, I told Topo one day, I said, ah, see this is our student. Well, fine shoots of I said, ah, Photoshop. I want wash off phone. You know, photo I want to wash off I said, oh, yeah, I want my body see. That dress, you will look fine. Everything around you. One track shoot like this. I said, ah, ah. I said, oh, one more time, I'm going to shaki. 
What did he say? I could define Kakan Asho. He would not be Asho one in Photoshop. So the lady now came and said, I saw your fine shoot. I started laughing. I said, Doctor, come and tell her the secret. He said, I shall look well. Photo Kedini. I said, Very good. If you had any bad dream, it's a Photoshop. It's not you. No evil concerning you will come to pass. Amen. It does not matter whether a prophet said it, whether you dreamt it. No, if, if the devil says you are going to die, it's a lie. Well, be devil here, that. Because that is not the mind concerning you. Look at what Peter says. God has delivered me from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Raise your two hands to heaven. This year, deliver me from all the expectations of the Jewish people, of my enemy. I will not be involved in a motorcycle accident. I will be involved in a, in a car accident. I will not be involved in fire accident. I will be involved for every negative dream against me. They are cancelled in the name of Jesus. Deliver me from the expectation of my enemy. I will not die prematurely and I will not be broke. I will prosper and I will do well. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in it as your soul prospered in the mighty name of Jesus. Every negative expectation against my life, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Put on Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Look at the reason why I asked you to pray this prayer. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Look at what happened. Quick. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Nobody will be qualified to harass you. Are you saying me very well? Turn to your neighbor. I cannot be harassed. The hand of Herod cannot harass me. Nobody can harass me. Okay, look at it. He killed James, the brother of John, with his word. Say, I will not die prematurely. Nobody can kill me. I will fulfill my days. I will live a very good, long life. Say amen three times. We are going to three. Number three now. Acts chapter 12, verse 3. Look at Acts chapter 12. This is where I'm going. And because he saw that it pleased the Jew. There are some people that when bad things happen to you, it, they will be very, very happy. Are you hearing me now? He saw, when they do an opinion poll, you kill human beings and people are jubilating. Do you know when some people die prematurely, some people will be happy? Some people can be so wicked like that. Somebody came to my office some days in Atsalio and said, ah, somebody, someone has died. I said, yeah, what killed him? He said, Ikulopa, mama kukokani. And they walk away. And the person died young. The person died young. It was a lecture, sir. At the normal Kunga company. Ha! I became so sad. I said, even if you die prematurely, some people will be happy. They say, oh, Lord, mu. At the time, we go kutikpe. Akutukwe. No, no, no. They will be very happy. Don't think everybody is happy when you are alive. And you are doing well. Some will be happy that you died. They may said crocodile tears. Oh, but I prophesy on you. You will not die prematurely. Your enemy will not rejoice over you. You will eat the fruit of your labor. 
it does not matter where they are planning your death you will not die you will live in the name of jesus and when you are sad also some people will be happy i've told you this story before i was sad because something happened to me in the office i frowned my face squeezed my face and somebody said to me we are happy from that day i made up my mind i will never be sad for anybody never will i be sad because when i'm sad some people are happy they say why is he always smiling i say i will never be sad never be sad raise your hands to heaven this year my enemy will not rejoice over me what will make my enemy happy will not happen to me if you pray it very well you are praying for yourself you are praying for your family what will make my enemy say we are expecting him to fall down we are expecting him to fall sick we are expecting him to die lord jesus what will make my enemy rejoice over me will not happen to me in the mighty name of jesus lord i don't want my enemy to rejoice over me in the might anything that will make my enemy happy lord it will not happen to me i will live long live a good life enjoy my life in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus in jesus name we have prayed final prayer we are going to pray today you are going to pray for anybody in bondage the Bible says constant prayer was made for Peter by the church. That means the church can pray for somebody. If there is somebody in debt in our midst, you can pray. This person must enjoy breakthrough. This abundant grace church. If there is somebody that is seriously in pain, this person must enjoy healing. If there is somebody that is in bondage, in detention, Lord, this person must enjoy freedom. We are going to pray as a church anybody that is in the position of Peter inside prison prison of death, prison of joblessness, prison of sickness Lord let there be deliverance in the name of Jesus. Raise your hand to everyone and pray Lord if there is anybody in bondage in our midst Lord let there be freedom let there be joy, let there be peace. In the, let's pray as a church. Anybody in situations of Peter, Lord deliver them Deliver them from that bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. Let abundant grace enjoy abundant freedom, abundant liberty. In the name of Jesus, let there be complete healing, complete joy, complete prosperity in our midst. In the name of Jesus, fulfillment. We want fulfillment. We want everybody to be happy. Anyone that is in bondage, Lord Jesus, let there be deliverance. Let the joy of the Lord let it be complete let it become our strength in this church in the mighty name of jesus let your name alone be glorified in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus mighty name we have prayed father we are depending on you for total deliverance for divine intervention lord we ask oh god let there be divine intervention in the life of your people in jesus name between now at the end of this month, let there be sporadic interventions in the areas of our fears, in the areas of our helplessness, in the areas where we don't know what to do, in the areas where we need help. 
in the areas where we lift him lord intervene in the name of jesus give us testimony of complete divine intervention in the name of jesus testimony of your love in the name of jesus help us and take care of our fears in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name we have prayed Yeah.